Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We're here. We're into season three, episode two, Cabela Sinobre. Hopefully, I said that kind of right and um, not too sarcastically. Um, so, this is uh, episode two of season three, um, directed by Adam Bernstein. Um, written by Peter Gould. This episode first appeared on TV screens on March the 28th, 2010. It's an interesting episode to go over, so looking forward to going through it. My name is Nick, and uh, i got your restraining order right here. Restrain this. And my name is Ben, and i got dippity sticks. <laughs> I seriously want to put I've got your restraining order right here scene in for top five. It is like one of the funniest things. Like I, I'm not joking when I say I rewound that scene at least half a dozen times to rewatch it because I just found it so funny. I got your restraining order right here. <laughs> it's just like his like convulsive nature of his body while he's doing it. And it's obviously the callback to the tidy whities as well. So yeah, I think it's just it's so funny. It's such um, a Malcolm in the middle scene. Like, let's absolutely. Be yeah, absolutely. Like there's there's quite a few scenes in this in this episode that just scream Malcolm in the middle to me. And yeah, it's, just, it's so good. Like, yeah, this is this is the episode that I think does such a good job of mixing kind of comedy and tension together in such a way that actually they elevate each other, which is a hard thing to do. So got to, got to give a lot of credit to the show for being able to pull it off. Yeah. I mean, he was pulling himself off in that scene, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I agree with you. Like, like there's actually a lot of funny stuff in this episode. Um, like, I mean, is this the funniest episode? No, Better Call Saul is probably the funniest episode, but like, I mean, this could be up there as one of the funniest episodes. And again, whereas Better Call Saul is kind of deliberately funny, uh, this isn't like I feel like this is not meant to be funny because we're still kind of you know reeling from some heavy stuff, right? So, um, I mean, even like how it opens, I kind of just like I just weirdly laugh at Walt and just ending in such a high note, like a tense note. So yeah, it's it's yeah, quite well, a funny I, episode. Yeah, and I I think um too I think I think the show's actually at its funniest when when the comedy is around Walt because I think obviously like Hank and and Saul are meant to be kind of comedic characters so you kind of expect that to be funny but you know when we've got this guy who's like you know who's going to be you know I'm the one who knocks and all that and he's actually just been like this kind of goofy funny character I think it just kind of makes him even even more appealing as kind of like this this main character for the show so yeah it's it's great and yeah so we kind of we got get straight into it here with this kind of beautiful little time lapse actually of the New Mexico desert and and um, that kind of just moves us into this car kind of driving on this this desert road basically and and um, the car is of course the Pontiac Aztec um, <laughs> our famous Pontiac Aztec and it's it's Walt uh, driving along and, and uh, singing to himself sing and, for us Nick come on uh, I'm not singing um, <laughs> but like I, I do love that Walt singing like not like kind of talk singing which is about all the singing that I'm actually capable of doing um but but yeah it's really good so obviously this is horse with no name by america which is probably the most famous song that's been used on the show up until this point um and um obviously translated into spanish gives us our episode title um, oh is that it yeah yes i was yeah, gonna yeah. ask you about that yeah. look at you mr spanish speaker i'm glad we've got a spanish speaker on the odds network no you know i don't i'm not a spanish speaker i'm just a um, book reader um so <laughs> nick go so, with it <laughs> Take that back. Say you're a Spanish. Right. Come on. Yeah. Well, given the given my pronunciation, I don't think I could get away with with being a Spanish speaker. But yeah, so we get this great scene of him kind of just like singing away to himself, kind of lost in the moment, singing "Horse with No Name," and this is where this um this cop kind of pulls up behind him, um and you know like 
obviously he's a little bit freaked out because of everything he's done and, and um, gets a little bit worried about it. And um, yeah, and, and basically the cops pulled him over because he has, still hasn't fixed the windscreen. Um, and, he, he, you know, Walt is told to like stay there, don't get out of your vehicle or whatever it is. And he wanders over and starts getting into a fight with this cop over, you know, <laughs> how dare you, I've suffered kind of PTSD because the things were falling in my neighborhood and my chill, my children were sleeping and, you know, just starts getting really self-righteous and, and angry. And this cop's just like, being really calm but then starts kind of you know pulling out the the pepper spray and oh you're going to pepper spray you're going to pepper spray me and then like kind of cut to the next scene of like Walt covered in pepper spray <laughs> like screaming in the back of the car it's, like, <laughs> it's such it's so great and I you know like I love like this is why it's so great to have somebody like Brian Cranston as kind of you know like your your main character because he's got no problems at all with being like shown with pepper spray and like snot coming out of his nose and things <laughs> like that like he's quite happy with that you know and and <laughs> I just love it it's just, it's just such a great opener. I, I just like Walt singing, you know, horse and yeah. no name. The one question I have to ask, where is he going? He's like in the middle of the desert. Like, where <laughs> yeah. is he going? I yeah. legitimately want to know. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of like, like, it's just kind of Walt on edge, really. I mean, Walt's on edge. He's, he's funny. Um, and, yeah, like, I mean, kind of just this whole sequence of the cop. Like, it's just, it's so interesting. Like, I've got to say, this cop's actually kind of calm. Like, it's weird to say that. But, like, I mean, yeah. you know, he gets out of his car and, like, this cop's just doing everything. Like, he's giving him 101 warnings. 2021 mm. cop, maybe not. But, um, yeah, God. And I, I also like the scene kind of when they just show him in the in the um, the back of the police. Do, do we, do, in your smartiness, books and stuff, uh, what is the makeup effect here? Because I kind of like how he's got like this like gunk like coming down his face, basically. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, that's not that's not something I um I, I came across on um on my bits of research that I did about this episode. So um I don't have the answer to that, but I'm sure probably oh, IMDb Nick, or somebody. Will... I know, shocking, eh? Just yeah. get just just fire me from this 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 whole show. Yeah, no, I've been waiting a long time to do that, but uh, maybe I've got uh, some valid excuses. You're on thin ice, Chester. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean it's a it's a great way to start the episode, and um, yeah, we kind of then move on to um, to Hank, and he's he's briefing on this exploded truck, and um, you know he kind of believes that it's cartel related, and and Gomez says it's been what 29 days since any blue meth's been on the streets, and um, so you know like basically they they think that he's starting to get paranoid and and starting to see things where you know maybe there isn't something, and and this is where Hank kind of gets a call from Walt, which is kind of a bit out of the blue, like why is he calling? calling Hank which is an, an odd thing um, and and then we kind of um, move into Jesse um, who kind of is driving through the neighbourhood I think and and kind of sees his, his, his old house and it's up for sale and then this is where he kind of bumps into his dad and they kind of have this kind of awkward interaction on the front lawn and you know they're doing up the house and and um, I think Jesse kind of asks about what about the upstairs bathroom or what you know like um, you know we kind of get the question around that stuff um, and um, you know, he wants a tour of the house and his dad's kind of like, nah, I don't think so. You can look it on the website if you want to. So, yeah, just kind of setting up a couple of the, the storylines here for the for the episode. Yeah, Dick Dad um, kind of going on on that notion, but I guess that's the point. But um, I actually didn't recognise that because is, is it coming from like a different angle? Like I swear all the stuff around his house, it, it seems like it's a different house. Like I initially first thought that it was uh, Jesse's dad, like the ones we saw him when the little brother was there, but um, it's obviously not. But, uh, I, I mean, I like the way they're kind of renovating this house and we're going to find out how much these fucking parents spent on renovating this house. Um, but, um, yeah, I like that little nod to the bathroom, kind of like, oh, did, did you fix the bathroom? Um, also, you mentioned last episode about kind of the ribbon being a thing, like the cop, because like, obviously Walt was like, have you not heard of this flight? It's like, yes, I was one of the first responders. And now, like, you've got Jesse's dad wearing the ribbon, just, you know, like... I get it. I like the the notion of this ribbon, but would you really be just wearing the ribbon, like renovating your house? Like, you know, I mean, that's kind of a bit interesting, but why not? <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it was just one of those weird things about like the overuse of the ribbon. Um, I, it kind of takes me back and I think probably like 2010. Yeah. We've probably still got kind of um, shadows of 9-11, you know, in, in America at this time. It was, you know, less than 10 years out. And, and you know, I think probably that kind of everybody was affected by it. And, you know, so long after the event happened, everybody's still, you know, everything's kind of informed by 9-11. So it kind of, it made me feel a little bit like that, I think, um, you know, that everybody's still wearing these things all the time, even when they don't really need to. You're like, yeah, it's a weird time to be still wearing the ribbon. 
Yeah, but I mean, I I kind of like the way that like he's very cop like, and you know, yeah, how he just kind of goes like, yes, I was one of the first responders or whatever it was. But um, yeah, I don't know about I wouldn't I'd wear a ribbon, but I don't know if I'd wear one renovating my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, so our next scene is, is Walt, and he's kind of like in a not. He's not in a holding cell. He's kind of just like on this like like bench outside at the <laughs> cop station, I guess. Like, um, and and this is where we kind of see um, you know Hank and he's and Hank's trying to smooth it over with the cops, and and Walt apologizes, um, you know, and and he's still you know completely red in the eyes and everything like that. Which um, yeah, so it's, as you say, I think it's a good makeup effect. It'd be good to know exactly how they did it. W- wouldn't surprise me if they actually pepper spray him like if they let him do that um but yeah so and, and anyway we kind of then we get um you know what apologizes they leave and and um yeah this is where kind of like they're out in the car and, and walt tells hank about the divorce and the kids and um you know this is kind of following on from last episode i suppose where hank had said oh this will all just blow over type of thing so it's obviously not going to to blow over so so yeah it's it's kind of a kind of a sad little scene really i suppose yeah i i kind of like how Hank kind of blows it off at first. Actually, I was going to say with it, like Walt on the bench. Like I do, I just like this cop. He's just such a cop. I wonder if this is actually a cop or he's an actor. Like if he's an actor being a cop, like he's he's a very good cop. Because um, I, I just kind of like how they're there and he like apologizes and he's just like okay and he just walks off. Like you know, the police. You never know. You needed to have in Albuquerque, but um, yeah. Like I kind of like Hank. Just again, this just goes into Hank not knowing how to deal with emotions, right? Because he's just kind of like yeah, well, you know shit happens mate like kind of you know there it is but then ultimately when he mentions about the kids that's when kind of Hank's like what it's taking the kids away <laughs> like it's kind of prior to that it's just like ah you, you, you'll deal with it yourself but um, yeah no I, I, good old classic Hank dealing with his emotions yeah yeah it kind of is um um character correct right like it's a kind of a you know expectation you'd have for for a character like hank um then we've kind of got walt at the laundromat and this is where saul arrives um and um then you kind of see them back in, in walt's apartment and this is where where you know they're discussing the divorce and and saul's kind of you know runs through all the reasons why he believes it's a bluff and this is kind of what we talked about in our recap of the last episode of um you know skylar you know, has has a lot of reasons to to want to keep the secret as well, um, given Hanks and her family and and things like that. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it's pretty correct. Like, I, I do like that. You know, I love that episode from the, the that scene from the last episode. But also here, I think it's you know it, it's correct. Like Saul's really on the money here. I think, and this is where he suggests that Walt Walt gets back into cooking. Walt's reluctant, um, and I, you know he has this line about he doesn't want to be the bad guy, which I think is a really yeah. interesting line that um, you know will be interesting to call back to as the show goes on. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was saying last week about how I kind of like it almost feels like it's a direct connection to last week of Jesse telling Walt like. I'm the bad guy. Now he's saying, like, I don't want to be the bad guy. And I think that was one of these videos I watched on YouTube. They kind of directly referenced that as kind of being, you know, deliberate or something along those lines. But um, I like Saul when he walks into the laundry. You don't call, you don't write. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. you know, the way he kind of does it. But, like, yeah, like, as you sort of mentioned, like, it is, I do really like the way they um, kind of point out that Skylar's really doesn't have a leg to stand on, essentially, you know? Like, she really it may seem on paper that she can just say, hey, like, I'm going to go to the police, I'm going to threaten you with this. But, I mean, realistically, yeah, there's bigger questions to answer, like, uh, if you did go forward with this. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we kind of get this, like, just as the scene ends, it's kind of um, Saul back in his car, kind of, like, being contemplative about the conversation he's just had, and then that links, like, we go straight into this next scene, um, which is Mike with his granddaughter um, at the park, and, you know, she wants some money for an ice cream, and, um, and, and you know, so she goes and gets it, and he gets this, this call, and I think, like, as an audience, we're supposed to think that that call has come from Saul, right? Like, we're, it's supposed to be that Saul's come out of that, that meeting with Wild, and directly call Mike. That's kind of how I read the scene to have been anyway. And and, and so basically um, what, what we get here is, um, you know, it, it's it's basically that whole thing of, of Mike's being asked to watch Skylar. And so I think probably like I'm I, what I'm saying is that I think, you know, Mike's getting calls from different people at different times. And I think we as the audience are supposed to get a bit confused about who Mike is actually reporting to. Um, so, so yeah, but anyway, at this time we're kind of getting this call wants to, wants to be, um, 
monitoring Skylar basically. Um, so, so yeah, I think that that's just, we're getting some good setup here and it'd be interesting to kind of, I haven't watched Better Call Saul for ages. And so whether this is, you know, still accurate, like if this, this episode still, or the scene here in this episode is still kind of accurate with kind of what we get from Mike and, and Better Call Saul. Yeah, I, I was. There's a few things that I'm going to be intrigued to rewatch Better Call Saul with, um, kind of you know with connections, but because this is also is this the first time we see the uh the, his granddaughter or whoever, yeah. yeah, she is, which again, without being spoilerific, isn't she this age in Better Call Saul? Like, how much time is meant to be? Well, I think it's probably. Only, I think Better Call Saul was supposed to take place in like 2006, 2007. So I think that's only like in the timeline of the show was only like 18 months ago, maybe. I thought so it was a lot more before that. Huh? I, okay. I could be, it could be wrong about that, but I think, I think that's kind of what, it, I think we do need to kind of maybe pull up a timeline at some point um, just so that we're making sure we're kind of keeping our, our ducks in a row here. So yeah, I mean, were you kind of like, as a viewer kind of uh, confused, like I think we're meant to be about who Mike's taking his orders from, or is that just me? I think I was, I, I probably can't remember it, but um, is it this episode or I'm thinking ahead to a future episode when Mike's with uh, Gus and kind of the way they refer to Soul, they literally call him the lawyer. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's kind of that maybe is where you sort of get your answer. But, you know, I think, but like, I mean, yeah, I think that's, I feel that's meant to be the point because, you know, Mike is just the fixer. Like yeah, Mike is yeah, the guy yeah. you call. Um, yeah. And like, yeah. I like, 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 I feel like we haven't talked much about Mike because we've only really had him for one episode. But, like, I mean, that's what's so great about sort of this guy, like, just being the fixer. Mm. You know, this is who well, you call. I guess I guess that's the thing of, like, you know, when we first when we first introduced to Saul, you know, he says he knows a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. And Mike is one of those guys who knows the guy, right? Like, that's, that, yeah. to me, that is the thing. Um, so, so, yeah, I think, like, I'm just thinking that we are supposed to, it's supposed to be just a narrative device that we get confused about who Mike is actually reporting to. And I think the answer is both. I think he's reporting to both Saul and Gus. Um, but it's just, you know, at different times, it, 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 it's going to be useful to hear his conversations with Michael oh sorry with Saul or Gus so just something to watch as we go forwards um, we kind of um, go into this next scene and it's um, Skylar and Walt Jr and um, you know he's ignoring her she kind of like, goes in and he kind of like just doesn't even even want to pay any attention to her um, so so yeah it's kind of just this this awkward scene we kind of get this thing of like him watching the um, you know, the, the, the savewalterwhite.com website as well. And, um, and this is kind of where we've got this, this kind of dinner scene at the table here with Hank and Marie. Um, it's all pretty uncomfortable really. You know, Walter Jr. Like she refers to him as Flynn and he's like, I'm, my name is Walter Jr. And, um, and this is the bit I've called it in the last episode. I got a bit confused because this is the bit where he calls her a bit and why do you have to be such a bitch? Um, and, and yeah, so I think it's, it's, you know, like it's this is where Hank kind of talks about, you know, about the kids and wants some answers here. And, and yeah, I think he says, I oh, know it's none of my business, but you know, and she says, Yeah, you're right, it is none of your business. So, yeah, and then we kind of see Marie and Hank kind of having this conversation as they're leaving. And, and you know, he, he's very, you know, like he's adamant that Walt's had an, an affair, you know, and again, this kind of goes back to the fact that Walt is so under the radar. He's so unassuming that, that Hank's not thinking anything more than that really. Um, so yeah, I do love that they're kind of having this conversation about Skylar and Walt while they're still in their driveway. I think that's probably like at least get in the car before you have that conversation. Well, I like, I, I kind of almost am on the notion like this feels realistic. Cause like, I don't like it in these TV shows when like, you see them like come home after they've clearly driven home from somewhere and then now they're only starting to talk about it. Like it's that sort of moving the plot forward. So let's wait to have the conversation until we're at a certain point. Like I feel this is realistic because like I've been to places with people and you kind of walk out the door and you kind of all of a sudden start talking about something. So like, I don't know, I kind of like it. But um, yeah, like again, going back to what we were saying last week about, you know, Walter Jr. having some stuff to do, like him calling her a bitch. Like, whoa, okay. Uh, it's, it's pretty full on. I, I like the reactions of like, uh, Hank and Marie kind of like, hey, 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 like Hank kind of steps in. and But again, this is, again, I'm feeling sorry for Skylar. Like it's just, again, she's just, she can't really do much more than this. And even the way she kind of just takes it on board that her own son has just called her a bitch to her face. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, she's in a really hard position, and I think um, you know, whatever you think of her actions are over the next few episodes, and we're certainly going to talk about them. I think, yeah, you do have to kind of feel for that. Um, yeah, the, the, the kind of hard position she's in through no fault of her own. You know, she's had no choice in in Walt going out and and doing these illegal acts. You know, that's not something that that she's had any say in. So, yeah, I, th- I, th- I, yeah, you d- you do have to feel for her right at this moment, even if you, that might start to stretch over the next few. episodes episode so yeah Just a bit uh. um, yeah yeah and so we we'll, we'll get there when we get there i can't wait to talk about that but uh, uh, but yeah anyway so we we then have got jesse in saul's office to collect his money um and saul's trying to convince jesse to to get walter back into cooking um and jesse's kind of just like doesn't even really respond he just kind of says i've got a job for you um and i love uh, i love saul's fashion sense here he's got the, the bright teal shirt with the purple tie um, which <laughs> obviously matches the the kind of tealish blue ribbon that everybody he's wearing as well so uh yeah kind of all lines up yeah i mean you've got to match the carpets with the drapes that's an inappropriate way of using it. i don't know where i was going with that um but um i, li- I like jesse again I- i'm just talking up jesse but i, I kind of like the way just because like when he's counting the money like i kind of feel it's like is this his way of uh you know is something all of a sudden going to be bad here but i just like he's you know do you want a job um, thing there, and I have to say I like this bag. It's a weird thing to point out, but I mean, you know, it's not just a black duffel. This has got some, you know, it's some... like an overnight bag or something. Eh? Yeah, like it's, it's like yeah, it's almost like a doctor's bag or something yeah. along those yeah. lines. So, I, I mean, true. You mentioned last week about the fake money. I mean, with these like dollar bill stacks, like is it just literally blank pieces of paper and on top or bottom they just have the one that looks like the money? Yeah, I might need to find out. I don't think it was kind of Breaking Bad specific, but I remember watching kind of like this documentary about what they have to go through to get fake notes for for TV. I think Breaking Bad might have been one because of just the sheer amount of money, you know, like in certain points in the show, there's just like stacks and stacks of money, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I'm thinking of other things like, you know, that scene in The Dark Knight where the Joker kind of burns all the money. And, um, yeah, I, there is there is a whole th- the process they have to go through um, and every note has to be accounted for. So maybe I have to try and track down that documentary or, or you know, whatever it is that I found because I just found it quite interesting. Um, I think it makes sense though, like, because I mean, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good thing faking money. Well, like, well, the US like, with yeah. money's paper. So, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's obviously like US money is a little bit different from kind of what you and I experience in terms of money. Um, where it, it would be, I think, relatively straightforward to counterfeit it. I don't know, but yeah. It's. I mean, it's yeah. Like <sighs> there are ways and means and all that sort of stuff. Um, what is the movie or the TV show I'm thinking of when they burn the money? It burns a different color if it's fake. Um, oh. Yeah. You know Vaguely what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of, it's those sort of things. But yeah, like, you're right. Like, I mean, I know whenever I've watched an Australian series and you see money, like, I think it's on um on Lost. There's been episodes because obviously, the, you know, they're flying from Sydney. So there's a lot of stuff set in Australia. They go out of their way to get real Australian money. So it's kind of, it is a bit more difficult to fake it. And same with New Zealand money. Your money's very similar to ours. But I'm sure, I mean, there's ways around it. Like, of course yeah. there are. Like, people in Hollywood can... I mean, we had Danny Trejo's head in a tortoise. That wasn't really Danny Trejo's head, people, believe it or not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't, but, yeah, I, I can see it making sense, though, with American money. Yeah. Um, so, you get a, a little scene here with Walt cleaning his pool, pulling the, uh, the sticking plaster out of the pool, which is kind of disgusting. Um, and um, then we have, um, yeah, he goes up and Walter Jr.'s got his bags packed and sitting at Walt's front door. Um, and then that kind of, that's just a little scene. So, I'll just kind of talk about the next one as well, which is uh, at the rest home. And you kind of see, you know, all these old people playing card games and puzzles and eating jello. And, you know, this old lady drops, a, you know, she's got Parkinson's or whatever and kind of drops the uh, the puzzle piece and you know as she leans down we see the kind of the, the boots of the of the cousins as they kind of walk into this rest home and um who are they here to see they're here to see our mate hector um who's who's there in his wheelchair and then we get this kind of like cool scene where they're trying to figure out how to get information out of this guy who also doesn't talk so this is this really cool scene with like three characters who don't talk um <laughs> and it's really really effective um and you know so they kind of go over and get the the ouija board um and use that 
So basically they go along the Ouija board trying to find the right letter and whenever he dings the bell, that's that's the letter they're doing and um, they pull it together by, um, you know, they figure out that the person they're looking for is Walter White, which is, you know, a pretty scary moment for the show that actually these guys who we've just seen like shoot a whole bunch of people and blow up a truck now have the name of the person they're looking for. So um, to me, in terms of tension, this is starting to ratchet up a little bit. So this is a, a really cool scene from my perspective. I really, really enjoy this one. I like how it's done. Um, and like I say, yeah, I think having this 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 really effective scene with three people who don't speak at all is, is pretty pretty clever, I think. The one thing I'll say, because I agree with everything you said, like why is a Ouija board a board game? <laughs> it is weird. It is, it is um, very fortuitous. I don't know what their their plan B was. Uh, maybe they were just going to write down all the letters and, and get them to do it that way. I don't know. But, Scrabble? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I like how they know that Walter is the end of the first word as well. He could have been Walterson. What, I don't know. Like, yeah, like it's, uh, or it could have been Walt E rough white you know yeah. Like the, yeah who knows but anyway but anyway so yeah it, it all works out we're, we're thinking about it a little bit too much i guess but uh, that's what we're here for um but yeah i think i think it's great I, I love that we kind of you know like i think probably we 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 talked and you know when we we're talking about the start of this this season we talked about it's a little bit slow but here we are halfway through episode two and you know these two kind of villains for our season three have got walt's name already so you know yeah there might be some slow moments to it but i think that's pretty cool you know that we're kind of already at that point so that's pretty exciting yeah, I agree, and um, I do love Mark Margolis. Just, I mean, he's acting the way he can kind of pull off this sort of the way his face goes, you know, sort of like scrunching up and kind of like he's just so desperate to talk, but he can't. And even just like his finger, like hovering over the bell, like it's so great. Um, and it, yeah, it's such a unique scene that we've got characters, as you said, that can't talk, uh, but are just having this great conversation, and you're like, "Fuck, this is deep," you know. So yeah, actually, just on the Ouija board, why do they have a Ouija board in a nursing home? Are they just like talking to their friends that have just died or something like that? Like, I mean, is this some morbid fascination that Doris and John think- want to like talk to their roommate or something who just passed away? I feel like this might be an American thing, you know, like Ouija boards being like quite a common thing because like you would not see a Ouija board just hanging around with like <laughs> an old version of Monopoly and Scrabble and <laughs> Twister, you know, like it's it's just not something you would see here. Um, but I feel like it's probably something that's a lot more common in America maybe. I don't know. I The apartment complex I lived in in Canada, we had sort of like a rec room and it was like a, a rec room that essentially hadn't been updated, I think, since 1972. <laughs> so kind of like you walked in there, you got the pool table, the old style 70s couches, the VHS tapes, the you know, all that sort of stuff. And like there was a table of board games. I can never remember seeing a Ouija board. So, I mean, again, I'm not, not in America, but uh, who knows? Maybe it's just... Yeah, common common sense. You go to a rec room or something in the States. Hey, do you want to talk to someone who's died? Here you go. Yeah, well, if, you, if you're going to have it anywhere, I suppose it's going to be in the uh, in the old person's home, right? That's their smartphone. That's what they use in the a nursing home. It's a smartphone. It's a Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyway, we can't put it off any longer. We're going to have to talk about uh, <sighs> Ted Benneke. So, here we <laughs> Here we are. We're uh, we're at the offices, and Skylar's doing the paperwork. And there's issues with this paperwork. You know that there's irregularities all over the place, and she can't sign it. And uh, this is just this is hard work. Like I'm not really enjoying this. But um, I think there's probably a few things that we kind of want to pick up on, which is like there's this line about how is he, how is she? I think she asks him how he's going to explain this to his kids. Um, and then he has this line where he basically says, you know, he knows what he's doing isn't right, but he's doing it for his family, which I thought was quite interesting line because obviously that's going to be Walt's justification for everything he does throughout this whole thing um so yeah I thought just just a couple of kind of I guess kind of interesting points there in an otherwise pretty bland um scene between these two um and um it obviously ends when Walt calls about Walter Jr and you know they're kind of having this discussion a bit about him um and yeah so I I guess it's just kind of this perfunctory scene that we kind of need to you know following on from Walt Jr turning up at Walt's place um yeah yeah and you know like I say he's not going to come across town at peak traffic so he can stay there for a while or you'll bring him home at dinner time or whatever so yeah it's kind of just yeah the the less I have to see Ted the better so yeah (laughs) the one thing I'll say I forgot to mention about sort of Walt picking out the band-aid from the pool sure okay that's um you know is that just coming down to Walt's cleanliness and everything has to be perfect or something like that is that kind of like a that's what it's meant to be I think it's just a gross scene right like it's just (laughs) gross to make people go ugh 
kind of like with this uh, scene with Ted. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I don't like any scene with Ted really, but like the, the stuff that I like. We talked about douche nozzle jur last week and kind of, you know, how it was that. But, like, the thing, like, as I said, like, the subtlety and kind of the bluntness of that I could kind of appreciate. Whereas this, like, this isn't a show where I feel like they shove obvious things in front of you, where it's kind of like, oh, remember this because this is related to something else. Like, it's kind of, it's very subtly done. We talked about the episode titles last season and how that kind of told you what was going to happen in the finale. This seems one of those rare times when it's like, you are shoving that in my face. Like, oh, I can't tell the kids I'm doing this for my family. Like, I'm just like, I don't, like, we get this in the whole goddamn show with Walt. Like, it's the build-up to this. I don't need douche-nozzle Ted kind of just underlying the whole plotline of Breaking Bad. But I, I don't give a fuck, mate, if you've stolen money from it. You're a douche-nozzle wanker who I just, I care nothing about. So, like, I just, I, ugh, it makes me well, like, What, what I will say is, like, the, the bits that I can stand of the Ted story is the stuff about him and Skylar. Like, I don't love it, but I can live with it. Um, but because, you know, like, I think it serves a kind of, I guess, a narrative purpose, even if I don't think they've got a lot of chemistry between them. The bits I absolutely detest are the stuff about the business because I just don't care. Like, I just, I'm not interested at all. I just don't think it really drives anything forwards. You know, I think it's just annoying. Um, so, so yeah, I, any of the stuff is just boring the, the, the you know, the pants off me or whatever you want, might want to say. Um, but, yeah, I don't love it. I'm happy to move on. <laughs> clearly, clearly, let's just say, Ted obviously is that boring that pants do come off. So that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so we move on to what is actually a cool scene, I think, which is kind of, um, you know, Saul is meeting up with, with Jesse's parents and their lawyer um, to potentially um, buy the house off them. And this is where we find out the house is worth 800000 um, Saul is representing a, a client who wants to buy the house today for cash at half that price. And these guys are just like, oh, well, this is a waste of our time. Why are you even bothering? And this is where Saul drops the, the bomb about, well, wait until we find out how much it's worth once, you know, there's been meth cooked in the in the basement and, and that makes them kind of, you know, drop what they're doing. Um, and yeah, I think it's just, it's a really great scene and it shows the power that somebody like um, Saul has in situations like this because he's got no shame like he'll just do whatever he has to do in order to make the deal and um yeah this is just where a character like Saul shines from my perspective so yeah really good I mean um and and obviously the whole time we don't know that well they don't know that it's Jesse which I love I think it's just it's a cool little scene yeah I agree and it's kind of it's one of these ones where you know because I think you're so on board with Jesse you kind of want to see his parents get a comeuppance because like you, you do I think at this point like you you don't like Jesse's parents. Like, you know, you can maybe understand to a point why they are how they are, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, they're up there with camp counselor and Ted as kind of like douche nozzles that you just kind of want to see get their comeuppance. So I, I really do like this sequence. So it's just the way, like the way soul plays it, you know, it's just kind of like, Oh, cash buyer. Yeah. We're into it. Yeah. Um, you know, would you go any lower? Okay. For how about $400,000? They're just so offended. Yeah. I just uh, like but I just, yeah, like the father's like, Oh, there's always wriggle room. And he's like, yeah. oh, and he goes that little thing with his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I also, I, I do like, like I love Saul's interaction with this lawyer. Because, like, you kind of see them share a glance. Like, this lawyer hates Sol. He's kind of like, oh, you're not a real lawyer. You're, like, one of the... Because isn't this even where Jesse's mum's like, you're that one from late night TV. And he's like, better call Sol. <laughs> um, which is funny. But, like, I just love the reaction when they go to walk out. And then, yeah, like, basically the meth lab thing. And they just they just don't say a thing. Like, it's just, oh, it's so good. Yeah, really, really good. And, I mean, we're going to get some good payoff for it too. So, yeah, it, it is great. Um, but uh, then we move on to potentially another great top five uh, moment. Um, so the, the pizza moment. Um, and, yeah, can't wait to talk about this. So um, we obviously um, get the scene where, where Walt's bringing Walt Jr. home and he's all excited and he, like, goes to the back of the car and he's got, like, the world's biggest pizza. Um, and, <laughs> That's a normal-sized um, pizza in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's really funny because I talk and they kind of they've got like a little featurette about this this scene and they're talking about um, that they this is the biggest pizza in Albuquerque that they could find. You know, like Vince Gilligan just wanted bigger, 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 just wanted the biggest pizza they could possibly get. Um, and so yeah, it's this enormous pizza and, and yeah, Walt's all excited to come in and you see thinks this is going to be kind of like this this thing that he can kind of wedge in and they can have dinner and everything will be okay again. Um, and you know. 
Skylar just is like, nah, not interested. Um, and you know, he he wants to kind of you know have have a family dinner. She's just not having it. She's already made, you know, made dinner. Yada yada yada. Anyway, she just kind of like kicks him out, and um, yeah, has this angry moment where he kind of um, you know just like leaves with the pizza, and you know, just suddenly has this moment of anger. He kind of just throws the pizza, and it lands on the roof. Um, and so yeah, and then he kind of just drives off, and and obviously the kind of the story behind the the scene is probably more interesting than the scene itself which is um yeah apart from finding the world's biggest pizza was that um they had this all rigged up to you know actually be able to get this shot this perfect shot of the pizza kind of landing on the roof and you know had all these kind of tricks they were going to get to do it but they kind of just let brian cranston have a crack at kind of throwing this thing on the you know see what would happen and um kind of really really famously he did this in one shot this was the first time he kind of just walked out and had this like perfect throw and the pizza just lands absolutely perfectly on the roof as they had hoped for in one shot um and so they kind of get everything in this one shot it's just really really amazing like and when you see it kind of slowed down it is just like a one in a million that he would actually manage to do this in in one shot it is just so perfect because like he throws the box and the box kind of opens up and the pizza just slides onto the roof and you know when i heard that this was kind of like a one shot take i'm I'm just so, I'm impressed by Brian Cranston's ability to not just be like yes, like he actually just acts normally and just like drives off anyway. It's really really cool, and I love the kind of like um, you know pizza point of view camera that they've got on the roof is is fantastic. So yeah, yeah. it's just really cool. And and you know like um, obviously the story behind this is in like you know the actual Walter White house. You know like fans have been going there for years and throwing a pizza on the roof and um, and yeah, I think the producers have had to actually stop people. Vince from- Gilligan had to like come out and release a statement saying stop throwing pizzas on this poor person's roof and apparently they built a fence according to the IMDb trivia they had to build a fence to stop them from throwing pizzas on this roof <laughs> yeah so it is great it is just like it's one of those moments where you know like do I really need to have you know in, in uh, 2021 do I really need to have the show on, on Blu-ray like I could just stream it or download it or whatever but actually having this, uh, this Blu-ray set I was able to watch this little featurette about it and it was was really interesting to just kind of watch them all just like so impressed that brian cranston managed to do this in one shot it is just so cool before before i comment on that because i want to talk about it i've just actually i'm on the trivia page on imdb and i want to kind of give myself a point to there's a reason why the house that jesse's house parents house looks different because it is a different house according to this um, it is a completely different house. According to Vince Gilligan, the owners of the original house had sold it, so mm. the production had to find another location. So uh, I wasn't just stupid in thinking that it looked like a different house. It is a different house. So, <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for backing me up there, Nick. You're the smart one with the books. Come on. Um, well, that was the, because when you know like they had the, the plot point and the whole thing of getting Jane into the story in the first place was because Jesse you know, got kicked out and had to move, and that was actually because they were no longer able to use the house. So, you know, if, I do remember you saying yeah, that. Yeah. If they had been able to use the house, we may not have even had Jane at all. Like They may not have even gone down that road. So it's interesting that you know because of something that happened outside of the show outside of their control led to a whole storyline happening you know so yeah. well nick there may be an episode this season uh which led to something happening because it was out of their control because they might have spent a bit too much money and uh <laughs> god we're gonna get to that eventually um now this is i mean i i think i mentioned last week that yeah like this is a a top five nominee purely on the fact that this is just such a famous scene and like it's such a weird scene that you wouldn't think should be a top five but i mean again the story alone that people legitimately threw pizza on this poor person's house like can you imagine the first time like you'd be like probably like the morning after the episode aired and they're probably oh ha, ha, very funny okay i get it the next time oh ha, 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 very funny like God, these people must hate pizza who live in that house. They just never want to eat pizza again, right? Um, the thing that I like about it, like my opening line of the "I got dippity sticks," um, which are amazing, by the way. I, I, I don't, I can't remember really getting pizza in New Zealand, but I don't think I ever got like the dippy nah. sticks that they have in. They have them, yeah. They're really nice because they don't really do garlic bread in North America. It's more of the dipping stick sort of things that right. they do. Um, but I also uh, love the fact that when Walt shows up, he keeps the pizza in the boot. Like, wouldn't Walt be nursing it? Like, I know this is a big pizza, but, like, do you really keep your pizza in the boot? I don't know. But also, the one thing to pay attention to, and I don't know if they they did this in a later episode because it was kind of like a retcon of this, but the pizza is not sliced. 
But there's kind of a, a famous episode where kind of that gets well, a famous conversation in an episode about not slicing pizza that comes later on, which I don't know if that's a deliberate thing that Albuquerque do have an unsliced pizza or this was just a retcon that they had this conversation. I think it's with Badger and Jesse from memory moving forward where it's kind of like talking about unsliced pizza. So, mm. yeah. The, uh, the the complicated world of pizza and, and the, um, the the doors it opens up into our minds. Yeah, I really want pizza now. You had pizza for dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did. Yeah, wow, <laughs> so I'm anyway, really moving pizza. <laughs> moving, moving from one top five season uh, um, moment to another, um, this is definitely not a top five, but I just love it. Um, so, yeah, we talked about this at the top of the show, but uh, this is where Walt wakes up in a face full of, pe- of popcorn, which seems like an odd thing to be doing, but he's so he's asleep on the floor of his his room surrounded by popcorn which is actually stuck to his face um so i don't know if he's supposed to be hung over i mean i don't think do we see any bottles of alcohol i think as he just I think there are yeah there's, oh, there are. Looking at okay. now. there's a few yeah okay okay cool um so yeah he's obviously drunk and hung over and and gone and drowned his sorrows at home um and then this is where he wakes up to to skylar leaving him a voicemail basically um you, you know um saying that you know to stay away or she'll get a restraint order and this is where you get the famous you know she, <laughs> what's he, he right now on repeat it's so funny even on mute <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's just like just this is like just the, just as convulsions are just like the funniest thing ever i just like, <laughs> it really is like you, you just you just kind of have to watch it like because like, <laughs> he kind of like doesn't move his legs like the rest of his body moves with his legs don't <laughs> <laughs> it's not like this yellow stain on his white t-shirt. Yeah. Like. <laughs> At least it's not in his tidy whiteies. I suppose that would have been a whole lot. <laughs> oh yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess like we just see like the, you know Walt at his absolute worst right in this moment. You know, like he's just he, he's hurt rock bottom really. And um, you know, I think he was living in this world where he was going to be able to you know fix everything, and he's starting to realise that that's just that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> so I'm just watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I noticed on Breaking Bad Wiki, they've got the gif of him throwing the the roof, the pizza on the roof. Where's the gif of him going, oh, but you're turning on it right here. That's a real American thing too, eh? Like, I'd like it's not something you see like Kiwis do of being like grabbing their crotch like that. Like, I know it's quite an American thing, eh? Like, of, yeah. like all those Americans just, it's Michael you. Jackson famously just grabbing his crotch. That, 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 that wasn't him going like, hee hee. That was him going, I've got you restraining on a rat here, Shimona. <laughs> I've got to move on from this because I could just watch Son Loop all day. It is just so funny. Um, but yeah, I love it when I watch it like in freeze frame as well. Like the shot of him like, just grabbing his nuts. Like it's just so funny. <laughs> I, just, I, want, I, want, I want this to be a one take thing as well. Like the pizza, like Brian <laughs> was so good. No, Brian, I wasn't believable enough. <laughs> the, the problem the problem would be like if I ever met Brian Cranston now I'd want to do that to him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> got your restraining order right here, Brian Cranston, and then I would get a restraining order. So. <laughs> He's gonna walk up to him and grab him in the crotch. And he really would give you a restraining order at that point. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a really good story that about um about Gus um somebody meeting Gus which I must remember at a later date it doesn't quite fit here but I I will tell that story. Oh, later is it the one we're on the plane? No, no, it's about it's about a New Zealand comedian. Um, oh, because yeah, I know the one I saw an interview with him. Um, that basically he was on a plane, Giancarlo Esposito. And like he came out of the bathroom or something like that, and there was a woman waiting, and they like saw him, and like she, I think she started crying or something. She was legitimately scared, like, and he's like, "No, I'm just an actor. Like that's a <laughs> fake character. Like, like obviously legitimately was terrified. I obviously hadn't seen him on in the Maze Runner at that point, where he's like this kind of yeah. crazy homeless guy. Um, but so, so <laughs> or yeah, third yeah. watch as a priest or <laughs> Star Wars as a campy empire yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, we Jesse's parents at the house and they're kind of like you know getting rid of like pot plants and stuff or whatever like doing clean up and talking about it or at least they've broken even and but poor jake he's not going to get to go to space camp which is oh, do we mention the fact they spent four hundred thousand dollars on renovations like i'm sorry you deserve <laughs> to get screwed over yeah it's a lot of money to waste eh? um but but yeah and that's when jesse arrives and and um and and they're kind of chewing him out a little bit and saying you can't be here you know like the new owner's about to arrive and um and he's like yeah i know i bought the place it's just it's quite a cool kind of like mic 
like Mike. drop really yeah like yeah. i just i really enjoy it um and just like the looks on their faces and um this is actually the last time that we see the parents until um al camino you know so this is oh, okay. um yeah so this is our kind of fairly well in terms of breaking bad proper for these two characters so it's qu- quite a good way to leave i think really on these two guys yeah, I, I like this moment. Again, like, as I said last week, Jesse just has not a lot to do right now. But the stuff he does have to do is just like, it's just, you like it. Like, it's just, you, he deserves this. He deserves this moment. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I like Yeah. Yeah, like even his a, parents, the way they're just kind of like, oh, this is all we need. Like, it's kind of like, screw <laughs> you guys. Like, he's still your son. Yeah, yeah. It is like a real fist pump moment for um, for Jesse, you know, which I think you need. Like, you know, this is a character that you really want to feel for. So I think it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's a really good moment. I really enjoy it. So, yeah. And, and then we kind of move on to um, this kind of like quite extended final kind of bunch of scenes, I suppose, for this this episode, which is, um, you know, Mike's kind of watching Skylar um, and, and, you know, as she's leaving for the day. And I, think, I assume it's Lewis who's picking up um, – Walt Jr. and um and you know they're kind of he's kind of waiting for them to leave and, and this is where he's going to come and bug the house and I love that kind of as he walks up the driveway it's from again from the pizza <laughs> the position of the pizza um as as he kind of walks up to the house and and um you know this is where he's putting all the all the bugs in the house and 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 that's all going good and well until Walt shows up um and and Skylar's obviously changed the locks and so he's trying to find a way into the house and this is where he like crawls under the house and I all love it set to uh, this great song by Rodzilla. Never heard of Rodzilla before, but now I have. Oh. Um, Black Ball Magic. This one's Come on. <laughs> Love them. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, and basically this is where we see him crawl under the house, which is a kind of nice callback to, you know, when he was doing that in an, in an earlier episode. Um, and, you know, enters, enters via kind of like the water closet or whatever you call that. Um, and, um, you know, we see Mike go back to the car and this is where he kind of gets back in the car and sees um, the cousins arrive, you know, the, the it, it kind of pulled the cat, the car pulls up in front of the house and these two guys get out and we get the great shot of them and, you know, the boots getting out of the car and then these kind of like metallic silver suits that they've got, or one of them's got on anyway, um, which I absolutely love. Like these guys are always like, you know, their fashion really kind of speaks to, to who they are, which I, which I really love. Um, and you kind of just see them go into the house and, um, you know, kind of alarm bells are starting to go off at this point. Um, and, and yeah, and, and this is kind of, you know, we see Walt having a shower, like completely unaware. I, I just, this is what I love about this this episode is really, you know, we kind of get this whole thing of, you know, this guy who's going to, you know, who is this mastermind and has done these terrible things is just like this absolute doofus in this episode, you know, like he's just, he's completely unaware of what's going on around him. And we see him, you know, in the shower singing Horse with No Name again. Um, <laughs> loves his song, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's just stuck well, in it's his It's a good head. song. I won't complain. It's a good song, but I mean, I think, he's a I think I, I I don't know where I read it, but um I I think somebody was saying it's like the most Walt song ever, like you know like <laughs> this because I think they were trying to pick a different song and they couldn't get the rights or whatever. And it's so not this Boss is the song Gags. That's what he's talking about last season, wasn't it? Like oh, <laughs> when he's talking about that with that. Junior. <laughs> yeah, I because I, I think it's actually in that in in my book again about you know like what are them what are the music tastes of each of these characters and they like and they go on about oh we don't really know what Walt Junior's music tastes are, but you know we kind of just assume like Walt. It's kind of like you know this tired old white guy, and so he likes tired old white man music, which kind of he makes likes Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walt um, likes Coldplay, everyone. And um, you know, so as Walt's having the shower, so we kind of cut back to Mike, and he makes a phone call. And um, this is where I had assumed we were going to get Saul on the other end, but it's not Saul. It's um, well, at first it's Victor, but and then Victor kind of hands the phone to um, to Gus. And you know, this is why he doesn't hand the phone to Gus, but he kind of relays the information to Gus. And um, interesting location where they get the phone call from, um, you know, which we'll kind of come back to in a few a few episodes. It's going to be a very important location, but at the moment, it's just something that. They're building with blueprints and um so yeah looking forward to talking about Which, that when, when can i can i just ask a question interrupt while you're on the topic again better call soul does this make this scene redundant or am i reading into this too much uh i i can't remember enough about better call soul so there's um, a whole storyline around what's happening here right maybe it's just to 
Yeah, I can't really say without spoiling it. I'll, I'll right. tell you off air, Nick. It's all right. Okay, Bonus okay. episodes. Download our Patreon. Sign up. <laughs> you, listen, you listen to us. We should actually do that. You know, for, for extra money, you can listen to us garble on after we stop yeah. pushing record on Fuck, I hate that episode. God, it's shit. Oh, I have to pretend this sort of stuff. Actually, you know, you know, you know that scene when um, Walter Jr. is laying on his bed and he's ignoring Skylar? That's yeah. actually how Nick and I are outside of recording. <laughs> like it's, That's Nick on his bed. Like, Nick, we need to record. <laughs> oh, shut up. I'll get there soon. <laughs> Yeah, so immediately there is no words exchanged after we get off this phone call. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, and so Gus is pissed off, you know, um, and then we cut back to the cousins who are sitting on the bed and they kind of, one of them picks up the eye, the, you know, the teddy bear eye and looks at it and kind of quite weird, puts it down in a different location from where he found it. Um, and so they're kind of just like patiently sitting on the bed while they kind of wait for, for uh, Walt to finish up in the shower. And, um, and they're only interrupted when they get a text that says Polos and tells them to go back to Los Polos Hermanos. Um, and um, then we kind of go back to kind of um, a Walt POV here where he's kind of getting out of the shower and we get very close to seeing Walt penis, but we don't. So, damn uh, it. It's probably, <laughs> well, we've seen him grab it enough this episode. So <laughs> you want to see my penis? It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great um but and so yeah and so obviously he comes out of the shower and um and they're gone and the thing i've actually forgotten to mention which is probably quite important is that they're carrying a, a um a, a rather intimidating shiny axe which i assume they're planning to bury into walt's brain um so so yeah and and obviously walt comes out and and the eye has moved and and you know, so that's a bit weird he kind of does a bit of a double take as to how that happened um and you know kind of kind of walks out and um yeah that's kind of the end of the episode really so yeah to me i think just this whole it's not really a scene it's kind of like a collection of scenes but they're they're all awesome like i think it just builds that tension again as i said through some humor you know like there's some humor in it which makes it fun to kind of watch um but yeah i i just love it i think it's just it's it's just so much fun the way it's delivered and, and it's kind of edge of your seat stuff. I think um, it's, it's hard not to be enjoying this. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's just, it's in terms of like, this is one of those ones where um, I think editing plays a big role, you know, like they've edited it really well. So like the kind of the tension in the scene is, is all in the kind of quick cuts and, and when people are getting different pieces of information and, you know, because, you could do that at all sorts of different times. And, and um, yeah, I think they just do a fantastic job of giving the right information at the right time. You know, you kind of see these guys kind of walking past and looking at photos of, you know, his family and the, you know, the, the, um, the baby photo on the fridge and things like that. And so, so yeah, I think, I think it's just one of those things that I think is just delivered really, really well. And it's also quite long. It's like a 10 minute sequence. Yeah. And this is kind of rare where kind of, you don't really get a lot like this usually. So, and like, but yeah, you're right. Like it's so tense and like, it starts off kind of funny and like just with this song kind of Mike looking up at the pizza and all that kind of stuff to end how tense it does. Um, uh, I'm glad you pointed out the suits cause it did remind me a lot of Tuco's shirts. So this must be yeah. just a, a Salamanca trait. I like this fashion sense that they've got going on there. <laughs> I, can't I, I think, I, I think the other thing too is, um, you know, like uh, we, we talked a little bit, uh, uh earlier on about the um you know the scene between the cousins and, and Hector and um how impressive that was that there was you know not a lot of of um dialogue well no dialogue and this is a bit the same like the basically the only dialogue you get throughout this whole this whole kind of um set of scenes is really Mike calling Victor like that's really and and I guess Walt singing you know what's no name is really the only kind of dialogue you get so there's so much delivered here through um you know visuals and and the music and the way it's cut and all that kind of stuff you know I just uh, I think that that's really really impressive and it's not something you see a lot of on shows I think you know TV shows obviously rely on good dialogue you know and 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 Breaking Bad is no exception but it's really cool to see something that's a little bit different I, I really just can't look at him naked now without not thinking of grabbing his crotch. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. that scene's burned into my memory. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a gif of it and I'm just gonna send it to you. I'm, like, yeah. I'm just gonna you can have that on your phone if you're having a shit day. Uh, look at that, you know, grabbing his grabbing his crotch. Um, one thing I want to point out, Jonathan Banks. Like I just love his face. Like and just the way he kind of scowls at the pizza. Um, and on that, the Jimmy Kimmel sort of the the whole cast on there, they talked to him about that. And I think Jimmy Kimmel asked him like, like, at what point did you realize that you have like a face like that that people are just scared of? And he's like, oh, I think when I was thirteen, when somebody just punched me because I just got one of those faces. Um, and like, he's like, it's, this is a legitimate problem that he's got. And I think it was um, 
on John Oliver, there was an episode where, like, I think they might have been talking yeah. about, like, sexually transmitted and, like, he's on a, an old ad telling people to have, like, is it sex or drugs that he's talking no, it's about? about I think he's talking about, like, he's, he's like, bowling with his girlfriend and then she's like, oh, I just got my period. And he, like, just yeah. like this, yeah. Yeah, I, I just oh, it makes me think of that. But um, I just love Walt crawling through, like, the cobwebs. And, and again, it's just inten- unintentionally funny. Like, you, you sell it so well. Like, this guy who's, like, just bumbling buffoon in this episode, and he kind of comes through this crawl space, which may or may not be a very famous uh, thing moving forward in this show, and he's just, like, covered in, like, soot and cobwebs and... Like you see the water heater and he gets like hit by a ladder. Like it's just it's just funny. But um, the one thing actually that I noticed, which I like, because I feel this would be definitely something that the fans would be screaming blue murder about, is when he comes out of the shower, he's got the big scar down his side. Um, that's easily something to overlook in like the makeup department that people would have been like, oh, continuity, continuity. So like I love it when they are that on the ball that they can remember, hey, remember he had surgery? Uh, although I'm sure there are probably fan theories of, oh, it was two centimetres longer than the last time we saw it. Um, but, yeah, like, you're right. It's just so tense and, like, menacing. Like, these two guys sitting on a bed with an axe who are just picking up this, like, eyeball and just, like, oh, like, this makes me scared to, like, come out of my shower now because where my room is at the moment, it is, like, literally kind of like a, a two-metre walk to the shower. And I generally get a towel, walk to the shower, and come back to my bedroom with it, like, easily. I'm going to walk in my room now. And I'm just going to, fuck, there's, like, two bald twins in my room with an axe. I mean, generally, if there are two bald twins in my room with an axe, if they were female, I probably wouldn't complain. But I'm in, too. Like, why not? Give it a go. I'd, I'd walk in the room and go, you, you want my one underneath my towel? It's right here. <laughs> um, I can't not think of it anymore. <laughs> this is with a guy. Le- Say my like name. I'm the one who's not. I'm the one who's not. Can we just remember those lines, like the epicness of those moving forward and just ruin the epicness of, you want my name? It's right here. You want, you want me to my- knock? It's right here. <laughs> you want my blue mess? It's right here. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> little convulsion. It's kind of like the the, the the um you know the the numerous Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes. But have you ever watched that video on YouTube? It's like the alphabet according to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I think it's like A or something like that. Is Arnold Schwarzenegger like? Oh, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it's just, I cannot think of that now. With, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh, the internet's fantastic. How did we live without the internet? <laughs> Yes, oh, oh, I'm kind of just. I think we've just like lost it now. It just has. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm I'm totally gonna find this gif if it's not already on the internet. I'm sending it to you. I'm looking for it right now. Yeah, if, if the internet, if, if it's not on the internet, then we've finally found the one thing the internet is missing, um, which is you know what. what if we're Walt on the penis. internet, Walt grabbing his crotch is on the internet. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I think probably we've actually got to the end of this episode, and so we probably should actually rate it um so while you're looking for gifts i'm happy to start and um it's a buy from me um it's not as high on my list as as last week um even though i actually love this episode and the more we've kind of talked through it and laughed at it i've enjoyed it even more but um i've kind of got it at about 14 at the moment um so it's kind of like i've got it below four days out um almost almost by necessity because i think four days out is such a kind of famous episode that i feel like i might get lynched if i put it above that but i've got it above but by a dead b i think yeah i just i just think like my i keep saying it but i think that mix of humor and tension i think is just really good i think we get some good scenes with jesse here too and kind of like i, I like the way that we're kind of closing off the kind of the, the mini storyline with his parents um which i do like and i do like that that I think generally speaking, Breaking Bad is quite good at kind of closing off some of these, these less important storylines. So they don't kind of drag on forever or you wonder what the hell happened with that. So um, for all those reasons, I like it. It's, it's an easy one to buy. It's, you know, it's not a top 10 or anything like that, but it is a, it is a good fun one. And I think it's now we've just immortalized it as the one that we're (laughs) going to kind of remember over and over again. Please check your uh, Facebook messenger. (laughs) (laughs) I may have found it without having to create it myself. So <laughs> you're welcome. You are welcome. Um, yeah, I. I mean, I'm buying it. You said you were buying it, right? I was paying attention to. Um, <laughs> we're too busy laughing at the gift. To, to <laughs> like, there's a couple there. There's one with like the subtitle, but I needed to find the one flat out of him just going like that with the convulsions on it. That's what makes it funny. Because when you search for 
grabbing crutch. The one is like he's one when he's um walking out of uh, what's his face uh, in season one when he quits the car wash. That's the one that keeps coming. Oh up. right, okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm buying this. Uh, absolutely. And I'm kind of similar to last week. I'm ranking this a bit higher than you. I'm going to rank this at uh, 12th. I've got this above uh, above Mandela, which I know was uh, a big one for you. But um, I've got this well ahead of four days out. Four days out for me is 16th. So, um, yeah, I just, I mean, like, yeah, we've immortalized it even more in this episode. But, like, it's just some good stuff. And I mean, the pizza thing alone is just so stupidly famous that I think it, yeah, you just remember, oh, the pizza on the roof episode. Um, you know, Walt singing Horse of No Name a couple of times. The tension at the end is fantastic. I'm like, yeah, Team Jesse. Like, yeah, blast off with the speed of light. Um, just so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's not a top 10 episode, but um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I remember this so much more than I would remember last week's episode. So yeah, it's number 12 for me right now. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think it is... You know, like I remember reading a thing about, you know, it was just a bit of an interview from Vince Gilligan about, you know, when Better Call Saul that episode and, and you know, when um, Saul turns up and he says, you know, as the show gets darker, you need that humour. And, you know, like they have tended to kind of, um, I guess, kind of channel their humour through Saul and Hank, you know, it's kind of been those funny characters. But actually, it just goes to show you don't need those two characters to give you like a funny episode. So, yeah, I'm, I think it is. It's probably not apart from apart from the gif. It's probably not something we're going to like memorialize this episode. Um, there's probably not any. Well, maybe, but I don't think there's many top five episodes, uh, top five scenes in this episode. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a solid, if not amazing, episode. Um, so I actually don't think we're that we're that far away in terms of what we're thinking. We're kind of, um, I, I think, pretty much on the same. You know, you and I are finding slightly different things to like or dislike about episodes. So um, that that doesn't surprise me. But I think, generally speaking, we're we're more or less on the same page about this episode. So, yeah. so yeah, and I think probably um, we're going to be on the same page about next week's episode. <laughs> in a very very God. different way i mean i don't think there's any there's there's any way to kind of sugarcoat that um, three next- words this episode uh, yes. I, yes. I mean i'm not saying it's going to be our first bin uh, but I mean, it might be close to it with three words in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not a great episode. I mean, let's be honest about it. Um, you know, that, I think the, the great thing about Breaking Bad is that even episodes that you may not love have got lots to talk about. Um, you know, there's always going to be stuff to, to to do. And I mean, we we get some good stuff next episode. I think you know, um, Danny Trejo's back, and so so that's exciting to kind of have him back. Um, you know, I th- and you know, I think we start to get some good stuff. We get our first um, veggie platter next next episode, so um, you know that's going to be something of a, a trope that we get throughout this show as well. So there's definitely stuff to enjoy about this episode. It's definitely not all trash, um, but yeah, there is going to be some stuff that I think we are we are not going to enjoy. And I and I'm, I think if you've been listening to these episodes along with us, you probably don't have to reach far to know what it's going to be about. Uh, bring the bring your Spanish next week because I said how my episodes all of a sudden have subtitles on it, but when I watch it on a certain TV, my house, they don't. So when I watched it the first time, I think it did. And when I wrote notes, it didn't. So I uh, just quickly, I will say this episode on The Ringer actually ranked one spot lower than last week. So 55 out of 62. That's very low. But anyway, um, yeah, like uh, just, just, just uh, next week. Um, again, it's not, there's an episode this season that I feel warrants that more of a reaction. Um, but there's just, it's just, Three little words in this episode, uh, and it's more than words. Let's be honest; there's some other stuff going on. But um, yeah, as always, it will be interesting. I get to, I get to host it, so you know, go me, you be. Well, I think probably um, you know, without looking too too much forward, I think the next two episodes are really slow. And I and um, again, slow doesn't necessarily mean bad. Like that's kind of the, the caveat I always want to put when we say slow is that that means it's it's not enjoyable and, and I'm not saying that um, but definitely I think the action slows down quite a bit in the next couple of episodes um, but after that it does pick up and I think probably there's going to be there's going to be important things that we're kind of um, you know setting up in these next couple of episodes which 
are important to have there. You know, it's important to watch them. These, it's not like Breaking Bad is not the kind of show where you can skip an episode just because you don't like certain aspects of it. Well, you kind of need to watch the whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, potentially, potentially one episode <laughs> might be might be different, but um, we'll we'll get there when we get there, and it's not that far away. But um, but yeah, I think in general terms, I think you know even slower episodes are going to have important plot points, so you're going to kind of want to watch the whole thing. And um, yeah, I mean. Your your mileage will vary depending on is there particular kind of um, I guess plot points that you enjoy or don't enjoy, and that's probably going to be where we're going to spend most of our time talking next week. I think. Yeah. No. It's um. Look, as we keep saying, bad episodes of this show are still good episodes of television. You know, this isn't Sol Perry. You know, we're not going to be trashing all over it and you know grabbing alcohol. You want a shit episode? It's in here. Like it's 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 not that. But um. Yeah, I mean, realistically, this could be a show which we never been an episode. Uh, so, like, we're talking down an episode next week, which is still possibly going to be a, a solid or a low rent. So, um, yeah, it's uh, d- don't don't expect to be the absolute worst thing you'll ever see. Just uh, join us for the shitness of a certain storyline that really goes into a shit shit place. Yeah, yeah, crotches get grabbed, but in different ways, and uh, <laughs> nowhere near as enjoyable as this one. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat, but it's a not a very good boat, let's be honest. <laughs> well, until then, I'm sure you're all in, uh, you know, on the edge of your seat like the like the two cousins to find out what happens in this fantastic episode next week. But um, until then, um, thank you very much for, for listening. Make sure you're following us in all the usual spots. We've got a Patreon going if you are interested in hearing more from us. Don't forget uh, our, our other shows, 24 and maybe some Lost. Um, yeah, it's, it's happened eventually. Blame no one. Yeah. Just, just uh, all the more reason to, to check in periodically to um, to whatever source you have to, to kind of check in and, and see if there's any loss there, if that's your bag. Um, but otherwise, we look forward to uh, coming back and talking about IFT next week. Um, but until then, um, my name is Nick, and uh, there's no excuse for my behaviour. It was disrespectful. And my name is Ben, and I'm sorry, I've got to do it. You want my closing line? It's right here! Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.